बचपन में कहते थे ना तुम जो चाहे बन सकते हो सो लेट्स टर्न द ड्रीम इन टू रियालिटी India's first wedding portal. True love is a great adventure, and what binds two people is marriage with the presence of their loved ones. And the one who creates such weddings, trust me, is no less than Godfather himself. This time on Beyond Campus, we have with us Mr. Parthiv Tyagarajan, CEO of India's first wedding portal, Wedding Sutra. He's had an amazing journey. right from starting up in an era when the word startup did not even exist to discovering new ways of bringing people together post the lockdown period he survived an extinction level event from the wedding industry and through it all he has remained loyal to his core values of putting the pursuit of happiness above everything else here's parthiv talking about how his professional career started while he was just in college those were the times when there was no internet and there's no way you would get to know about summer jobs and i i probably made 50 phone calls to companies and then finally i landed up with my first summer job with a newspaper called the independent which was published by the times of india group where my job was and it was a paper back then akshay which cost 4 rupees So my job was going from office to office to get subscription of this paper and what I really enjoyed is at 4 o'clock onwards I would come back from my daily meetings with the manager in charge and I would watch the journalists and see how they do layouts of newspapers how they type and again try to become friends with some of them to understand how they get news stories So that was my first summer job after 12 and that's when I made friends with some journalists and I knew that I wanted to do something relating to media and um, I got talking I happened to meet uh, a very talented youth journalist who had just got admission into IIM Ahmedabad and she interviewed me for a story she was writing for the youth supplement of Sunday Observer which was a popular newspaper and that journalist was none other than Rashmi Bansal the author of Stay Hungry Stoke Stay Foolish and she told me about how she writes for the youth supplement of Sunday Observer and she gave me the address and the name of the editor in charge saying that I should go and meet that journalist and uh, and I you know I I still remember it was a chance encounter with Rashmi Bansal I was introduced to her through a friend who was her junior at Sophia College at the office of the Independent and she gave me this idea and a couple of weeks later I went to the Sunday Observer office every time I went the editor uh, I was trying to meet was not there on the 5th or the 6th meeting Uh, I have I got a chance to meet the editor and you know how editors were at that time right said leave your address here and we'll get in touch with you and I still remember that drive or hunger I had I was like ma'am I'm very keen please give me a chance and uh, she gave me a small assignment on writing again very interesting I'm connecting it back to careers see how life comes full circle The first journalistic assignment I got as a youth journalist was to write about some colleges 
in for a column of this called fact file so fact file was really for a, a column which would which covered different college so you had to go to a college get the prospectus write a 100 word kind of summary uh, about how to get admission just imagine these were days pre internet so you know the only way you could get information on colleges to go to get their prospectus and therefore this supplement in sunday observer was you know essentially about how to get the prospectus this is the postal address you have to send a money order of 20 rupees or 30 rupees and this is how you will get the prospectus so my job was really writing about different colleges going going to different colleges in the city whether it was jj school of uh, arts uh, industrial design center these are professional colleges and professional courses and meeting the registrar and writing this call this was before you yourself uh, joined a college like this was this was while i was pursuing my graduation at sydney it was in my first year at sydney so i would spend time after college hours go there and when i was pursuing my after my first year or itself i took up a full time summer training job at the editorial department of sunday observer they also had a weekend supplement called weekend observer and the editor of the weekend observer was a gentleman you may have heard of uh, sudhendra kulkarni who played a very active role in politics a well known writer uh, he was the speech writer to the ex prime minister atal bihari vajpayee and there were two of us from sydney college and he gave us a very free hand that i still remember the first article i wrote for them was on um, world secretaries day about how the role of the secretary is changing and you know the some of the secretaries to the top who people it was a feature story and i think i finished writing the story i could not it was it was i think a very last minute thing and um, the editor could not even edit it and i remember sudhendra kulkarni coming to me and saying okay oh, just take out the bromide and send it so the bromide was uh, the page on which it was printed and sent for layout and i was like my gosh what is he even saying i mean how can i even take out a bromide when the editor has not seen it and i hope i have not written some rubbish and and someone had a quick look and said hey it's, it's you you've written a very good story and immediately sent it for publishing and next day when it came out i i called all the people who were featured one was rani palkiwala secretary the other one was uh, the secretary to the chairman of unilever and the others and told them ma'am please i called them actually not even sure you know how what they'll say about it and each one of them said this is one of the most amazing articles i have read so that gave me a lot of confidence to interview people write those were times when there was no emails Uh, you know a lot of people would say send me a fax we didn't even have access to fax we had to just visit offices wait sometimes people would welcome us sometimes people would not meet us so that is how i started writing for uh, um, moved from youth youth publications to uh, you know ken features and i spent my entire second year writing a lot besides of course taking part in extracurricular activities at sydney college was at the end of the second year i realized i messed up my education by spending too much time on extracurriculars and journalism and i need to get back to studies and which is why in my third year uh, i started concentrating on studies but not that much that uh, i could uh, spend time in ims which you know was the institute for preparation for mbas there was at its called the institute of management studies so i could not clear cat but uh, i cleared mdi spgen and um, i opted 
to do my MBA at MDI. That was really the start of my MBA. Why not do something in journalism only? It was, uh, I felt that I could do my MBA and get back to business journalism. Being from a South Indian family, education was very important, right? So between doing journalism and MBA, I felt MBA would be a good qualification to have. So how were those two years like at MDI? It was quite a different experience from Bombay because not many people were from the media background there. That, uh, you know, there was a faculty or a Gurgaon was very different back then. You know, you didn't have easy access to corporates in Delhi. And uh, we were the first batch of MDI. But I quite liked the experience of two years being in a residential program. And uh, at the end of MDI, did you get placed through campus? Yes. And uh, what was your first job? I got placed at the Times of India group. So I was very clear that I wanted to join. I When I was in my second year, I read a very nice uh, cover story in Business World magazine titled Man of the Times, which was a profile of Samir Jain, who was and who was and continues to be the vice chairman of the Times of India group. It was really about how he structured the organization, uh, how he brought in the concept of brand managers. So I thought, hey, you know what? I uh, worked as a journalist. I've done my MBA and why not opt to work in the management side? And fortunately for me, Times of India group did come to campus and that is where I was. So that story inspired you to uh, go to Times of India for a job? Perhaps, perhaps. You joined Times of India. What was your role there and how long did you spend there? I joined as a management trainee. I worked in the office of the chief executive of Economic Times, Mr. Arun Arora, who is now a very successful education entrepreneur. I worked there from 96 to 98. 98 is when uh, Times Entertainment was being set up, which was which was Times TV, Times music and planet m so i was part of the marketing communications team i worked there for two years and i set up wedding sutra in 2000 along with my b school friend madhulikama so uh, how did uh, that journey of becoming an entrepreneur happen like uh, what was the impetus to quit a job and be an entrepreneur and how did you actually launch it and you know go from zero to one so being in the media sector, that time the opportunities within the media sector were not too much. Times was one of the few big players. And of course, Z and Star were, of course, emerging at that time. And I, I don't know, I always wanted to learn about business, but I always thought that I can never become a business person because I don't have the money to set up my own business. Because my understanding was that to set up business or start something on your own will require a lot of money. And uh, it was a phone call from Madhulika Mathur saying, let's catch up over coffee one day and I want to share some ideas with you, which is when she expressed her interest to set up her own digital venture. Those were the times when a lot of people were talking about platforms and I was reading about them. And uh, she shared a couple of ideas with me. And the moment she spoke about a wedding portal, I knew the potential would be very good because I was in a media company. I knew for a lot of brands, uh, wedding was a very important segment, whether it was debuters for diamonds, back for photography, SOTC for travel. And uh, I knew that with a wedding portal, there is immense potential for revenues through advertising. So you quit your job and then started working on it? Or did you moonlight initially before quitting your job and doing it full time? Just That was just about a couple of weeks while I was there. You know, it was just making some contacts, but it was not that I quit times after it was officially launched. 
I had so, quit my job two weeks before the launch. So how did you go from zero to one? I imagine you would have started with maybe you had some savings, you and Madhulika, and you because at that time there was no concept of venture funding. So I assume you would have put in your savings. No, no, there was it was there, but uh, you know they were only for some. It it required a lot of time, and uh, we did know that we because I was in times I knew a lot of people were looking at launching a wedding portal. Or a matrimonial portal, and we just said we want to be the first wedding portal, and we launched in two weeks. I think it was lot to do with team effort. So me and Madhulika had and continue to have many complementary skills, and uh, we put in our heart and soul, a lot of trust in each other. And um, yes, I. Uh, it's not that I spent my entire life saving. Not that I, life means what I had worked from ninety six two thousand. So whatever savings I had. I, invested on in wedding sutra i still remember that my relatives were worried because you know that why i sh- why i had left and one of the good pieces of advice i got was once you leave a job it's not like today right but there are Im- immense opportunities once you leave a job and you become a business person it is very difficult for you to get a job again and are you sure you want to do this but the other piece of advice i got got from an uncle was that you know friends are friends but when you start a business venture with a friend your friend does not then remain a friend your friend becomes a business partner and then you you go through the tension so are you sure you know you have uh, you're sure you want to work with these friends so these were all advice which one did get but uh, for but for some reason i'm i'm quite surprised my parents were okay i know that they did get worried after a couple of months but when i told them i'm quitting they were not i told them actually i'm qu- that i'm quitting after i quit so i told them the next day after i quit my job and i told them i'm starting something on my own and i will be doing something in 15 days and we launched in 15 days so did you like find a developer who built your website and yes Uh, then start putting content on it. Was it a content play largely? Content, content. I had very good content rela- relationships with a lot of senior journalists, feature writers. So while I was with Times, I knew a lot of ex Times people. I got in touch with them. The brief was given, and uh, we we launched a full fledged website, content only. There was obviously no e commerce or with with a lot of tools. And of course, Madhulika had. been working on it for a couple of months she had put the whole design in place and it was launched in two months week and how did you sign up your first advertiser how much traffic did you generate in the first few months i don't remember the numbers but our first advertiser was sunsil again i got an introduction to them to an ex colleague in times who was working with uh, the digital agency of unilever he introduced us and i still remember with the pride with which in the second meeting i took a letter which was from sunsil which was Uh, giving us uh, a revenue of around twenty five thousand per month for banners. I still remember the joy I had when I touched that letter. It was a release order or whatever you call it. So, what was the progression like? Like you, besides content, you added on other stuff also there. So, t- tell me about that progression of Wedding Sutra. So it's been twenty years, and if I can tell you some highlights, of course, yes, content. We brought in a lot of content. We started doing a lot of work with. Brands who were targeting the wedding segment, like Lakme and uh, VIP suitcases, among others, and um, we also organized uh, 
a wedding show with a magazine called Marwar and uh, we, uh, another advertiser of ours with whom we did a lot of online activations with Kodak. We also did India's first wedding webcast in the year early 2000, in early 2001. It was India's first live wedding webcast which gave us a story in Hindustan times. So we grew, grew for about a year or two, we made our revenues through advertising. Brands were advertising on Wedding Sutra. And then, thanks to the work we were doing with Evers, uh, Marico, among others, they figured one of our strengths is understanding user experience for women underwear. And therefore, they approached us to develop websites for their brands. So we had another division of Wedding Sutra, which was developing websites for beauty, fashion and jewelry brands. Uh, it was it would probably take 20 to 30 percent of my time and we continued doing that till the year 2010. Uh, that was because all those years there weren't many digital agencies. There was social media was just starting. Uh, and uh, by then, you know, our own advertising was kind of sorted and we had to take a decision do we want to be a digital media company or do we want to be a publisher? And we decided to be a publisher and we stopped taking taking on digital media assignments for other brands. So all that we were doing was getting advertisers on board or doing activations on Wedding Sutra or various, on our various platforms. What other diversifications did you do or other experiments? So besides content, we started an influencer program also called Wedding Sutra Engage to enable brands to reach out to influencers. And then, and then later we came up with uh, our own IPs, uh, Wedding Sutra Photography Awards, uh, much later, this is more recently, of course, Photography Awards, Beauty Awards, Influencer Awards. Uh, so these are some of our IPs. So uh, these awards are essentially monetized through sponsorship revenue. That's right. In these uh, 20 years, uh, what has been like the growth, uh, like maybe in terms of headcount or uh, top line or like, you know, some indicative numbers, if you can share. If I was to say that we were, when we started, we were two of us and right now we are a team of 30. So it's been a great journey and what is very interesting about this business is one can interact with so many people, right from women entrepreneurs, brand managers, high-flying destination wedding planners, entertainers, among others. So one gets to meet a lot of people and uh, understand the role they play in making celebrations special, brides, grooms, and their families. 2000, it's the, it was the most cool career. I know some of the coolest people from media, fashion, banking, technology, were starting their dot-com ventures. This was in March 2000, is when the interest was speaking. Business world even repositioned itself to be a magazine of the new economy. Uh, all the cover stories of magazines were featuring uh, founders of uh, you know portals. We also made it to the cover of a youth magazine that was quite a high in our life. And um, uh, whether it was being interviewed, by, and then I, of course another high was being interviewed by BBC for a story on Indian weddings. So there was a lot which um, which happened, and every month there was something called Eat Tuesday, which was on the first or the last Tuesday of the month. Sula Vineyards would put together uh, an evening, a networking evening, where founders of dot coms would come together and exchange notes vcs would be invited and we really looked forward to those evenings. you have seen uh, like 
events entertainment media and dot com as uh, sectors so what is your advice to the youth in terms of career opportunities in these sectors digital media as we know is growing there is a lot of opportunities for doing work but there's one thing i want to tell people always get into something only if you are very sure that you can you're really good at that don't get get into it because there's a perceived opportunity for example i know a lot of people who got into events thinking hey you know what i love traveling and events will take me to places and you know how things are today right you are uh, you you the only events which are happening are virtual events yeah and it may be like that for quite some time but if you are really interested in meeting people and you enjoy putting together events that could be the that is the real reason you know why you should be in that industry and then there's no stopping you you'll do it there are a lot of things which also happen in your life which are beyond control and you know but it's if you if you been happy doing something uh, as as a freelancer entrepreneur or an employee with a lot of confidence and knowledge you can quickly change gear some of some of us are lucky that the right opportunity comes at the right time or we are in the job which is just made for us or we are in an in an industry where you can ride the wave for some other people it does not happen but if you are going to be doing stuff which you really enjoy then it does not matter you will be a winner all the way the gig economy is something which is taking off in a big way and a lot of people actually pursue the gig economy because they're doing something they enjoy and this either is that source of enjoyment or it provides them with money to do what they really enjoy um so you know what's your advice to people about getting into the gig economy i'm a little old school here because i also wanted to do gigs <laughs> you know when uh, i was working in times because i got bored of my job but i couldn't do it because you know how it was you didn't have an email you didn't have a mobile phone all that is nice but uh, i still feel that if you really going to do business yes as a stock tag arrangement you can be if i can use the term freelancer but it's always nicer to be running a company where you have at least 10 or more people or you are in a job with security again i don't know about security i'm getting so many messages from my friends saying i just got sacked from this place maybe you will maybe nobody owes you a career anymore it's you could have you could have worked for 10 years in a company and uh, and yet you know tomorrow you could face the axe let's face it life has changed so you need to find what and there are different people i know that there were some people who would not i i was like you know maybe you know i i was of the thought that you know that uh, if for whatever reason wedding sutra does not take off i will i will take up any job which comes my way you know i was mentally prepared but i know a lot of people who have taken a break for 6 months to a year because they have not got the job they want yeah i i'm not i've never been a great believer in breaks yeah which is why i was very clear that the day i leave times within 2 weeks my portal will launch yeah uh, or Uh, so 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 those are the kinds of uh, things but so i'm not sure but you know life is really going to change so much akshay that we don't know how many jobs will be there it's also varying right akshay i mean how how many mbas will now get jobs and a lot of people will have to manage with living in that fluid world and uh, some of them who have the right mindset attitude talent ambition can work hard will be successful entrepreneurs 
So uh, a lot of people in the uh, event industry, and you said a lot of your friends also have got laid off. What What is your outlook on this industry? See, again, I'm using the term again and again. The world has changed and lockdown changes our mindset. No matter what you say, people are worried about going to an event where they're going to be, you know, 500 plus people. And another thing which has happened is your corporate has, corporates have all discovered the beauty of Zoom. So all these business travels, meetings, incentive conferences, people are just saying, hey, what are we doing all this? We, we do all this only to give billings to an event company or we were doing it because company X, our competitor, was also doing it. So people will find cost-effective alternatives, convenient alternatives, but with all this, and I'm again a believer on people interaction, those chance encounters, and I'm a great believer that human interaction is a luxury, which is why when you called me last time and said, I look forward to keeping in touch with you, I said, I look forward to meeting you soon. Yeah, because for me, good relationships, business relationships are all which, you know, they or, or business relationships improve thanks to face-to-face meetings. But that may not be the case going forward that you will probably meet less frequently than earlier and say even after the vaccine is out. So uh, my advice is I really don't know whether there will be those opportunities in events like earlier and a lot of event companies will get on to doing virtual events. But one thing which will remain is weddings. And I don't think virtual weddings are going to take off because it's not like watching a, it's a, a wedding is not a webinar where information is shared, right? It's, it's all about those emotions. So you're there or you're not there. Yeah, unless you're a very close relative, you can't attend the wedding, you'll watch it on Zoom. But otherwise, if your friend is getting married or your colleague is getting married and you're not invited, you will see the edited photos later. You're not going to sit and watch that wedding on Zoom for two hours. Hmm. Maybe you'll watch it for five minutes or 10 minutes. So weddings will continue. There will be opportunities for specialized wedding professionals, you know, Will will the days of the big fat wedding come back? It'll take me a while. Vaccine being one of the things, it's also about how people's, uh, you know, mindsets have shifted. And uh, they embrace simplicity, they embrace, uh, they become practical. And uh, they are, you're not thinking too much about doing what others have done, but you do what you want to do and what you're head and heart, hopefully. How has uh, being an entrepreneur polished your own networking skills? And do you feel that entrepreneurs must be super networkers? Not at all. I don't. It, it, I enjoy networking, but I do know some very successful entrepreneurs who, who are much more comfortable with uh, number crunching and analysis. But these successful entrepreneurs also have in their team people who can help get them the insights. When I say that, it's the way they engage with people through virtual networks or how they work with qualitative agencies or PR companies to work at the insight level and not the information. So whatever you do, you have to sell something to somebody, whether it's B2B or B2C, and you have to work at the insight level and not the information level alone if you want to grow and succeed. So different people do it different ways. Some people read a lot, some people engage virtually, and some people like me uh, go out and get inspired. Networking works for some people and networking may not work for some. And uh, how has entrepreneurship shaped your networking skills? 
Oh, of course, great. It is about, you know, you learn about, it's about what is it that you learn about business, making money by uh, interacting with people. How do you connect people? Because when there's, there's a lot of joy in connecting people, it's about keeping in touch with them. It's about sharing what we do, encouraging them. I'm a great believer of, uh, you know, that one should, it, it, it can be very, uh, there are days when you can really feel down, you know, because let's face it, when people at the other end are, uh, you know, when you're not, a, if you're not like a Fortune 500 company and all, there is a lot of, you know, when and you're approaching Fortune 500 companies or the other big players, you have to be very patient. And therefore, you become very emotional about the fact that you have to support entrepreneurs because there is so much which they do for which they may not be valued. And um, therefore, entrepreneurs have to support entrepreneurs. And I also tell people sometimes, you know, who are unreasonable. Of course, clients are clients. You have to you have to look at it philosophically. There will be some clients who will be your friends. There will be some who value your work. And some will be bullies and who, who are aware that they are in a position of power and that they can bully you because uh, they can always have their way. And that is when you have to also learn by not getting taking things personally and yet keeping a distance when required and being a friend someday so that that person does not do to you does not do to others what he did to you so i've had some such discussions uh, with uh, i do a lot of work with tourism boards hotel chains brands and i did i do remember talking to a very senior government official uh, this was about you know five years before and they were, they were very unreasonable in their demands on paperwork and other stuff and i just said you know what i've been doing this for 15 years and i've worked very hard and i think uh, i've given all that i could to complete this project my only request to you ma'am is please don't do this to someone who is a much less ex experienced entrepreneur because that person can just be left heartbroken whereas I am in a position to actually engage effectively with you and tell you that what you are doing is wrong whereas that person may not be able to tell you and my only request is I mean you can continue to be uh, unreasonable for as long as you want to because I understand you but Please don't do this to somebody else. And I ended up becoming a good friend of that client in a couple of weeks. So yes, you have to be thick-skinned. But sometimes, of course, there are some very brilliant people who say, hey, why the hell should I go through all this? Yeah, I mean, so uh, sometimes your weaknesses can be your strengths too. And sometimes your strengths can be your weaknesses. A lot of people will not have the uh, patience and then they may they may move on to doing excelling in their corporate lives. It's not that just because they left their entrepreneurship business, everything is lost, right? There could be people who have chucked up their entrepreneurship careers and uh, or, and blossomed in corporates. There could be some who are who never uh, who just stuck on in a corporate thing and they they have a deep regret that they never uh, ventured into entrepreneurship. So that is where you have to listen to your head and heart and uh, do 
what may be right. The grass may be greener on the other side, but it's not necessary that, and that is where maybe, yes, I love reading about happiness and I would love to read about whether you are going to, you know, on, you know, what makes entrepreneurs happy and what makes corporates happy, who is happier when. But uh, on the whole, what I say, it's all about these, it's all about life stages, right? So if you have, there are different stages in your life and um, and if you have done what you you really wished for at a certain stage, whether it is about uh, marriage, parenthood, corporate job, post-retirement entrepreneurship, if you really want something and you do it, and I've noticed that those are the people who are happier. So, uh, you know, you said you love reading about happiness and uh, I want to ask you this, is the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of success either in corporate world or as an entrepreneur, are these two things compatible? I think you cannot chase success at the cost of giving up on your personal happiness. So you people who are happier at home will be happier at work also. Now, happier at home, how, how, you know, and again, some people live with their parents, some people are married, some people have children, some people live alone. You really have to be happy at home. And then happiness will follow at work and there will be success all the way. But in your drive for success, you cannot put down your family or, you know, forget about your dear friends. And then you will be left with no happiness and when you're not happy, you will not be successful. Is there a way to get both? So you're saying that you need to make trade-offs to some extent and, uh, you know, what is a way to get, uh, to chase both and get both? Well, maybe you don't just have to chase it. You have to understand it. I'm not saying that people who are successful are very good people. Or people who are happy are very good to the world. Yeah, they could also be giving others a tough time, but they know how to balance their work lives and their personal lives, and uh, they are very good. They are very good at identifying prioritization, prioritization of work, prioritization. They know how to look for the cream and not sweat the small stuff at work. They know, they, they really value the contribution of their parents or their companion or the role their children will play in, in their own mental happiness always, which will lead to their success. So these are people who are solid. People who are happy and successful are people who are very good at prioritizing what needs to be done. For okay. So in a way, you're saying the, the secret to happiness and success is to learn to prioritize. Yes. And which is why... It is not just hard work. We see so many people who work so hard, right? We've seen in the pre-lockdown days, people who spent five hours commuting. Yeah? And uh, and you sometimes feel bad for them, you know, that doing all this 30 years, where are they today? Maybe maybe they're happy people. You never know. But um, did, they, did they learn to focus and uh, did they learn to prioritize? That is what you see in some people who are successful and happy so has uh, covid 19 screwed with your happiness because i'm sure your uh, business would have got affected uh, because uh, weddings 
not at all i think i think lockdown spending time with myself has been really a, a great experience with self awareness and uh, i've just got i think i've just become stronger post lockdown more self aware and um, i think if someone was i you know i for someone like me who would be outside home post work hours at least five times a week traveling at least twice a month i have not stepped out of my home except to go to the kirana or the medical shop and just one visit to the office in the last 3 months and if you were to ask me today that another 6 months you have to be at home due to the conditions in bombay god forbid i am not going to be heartbroken or sad to hear that yes there was one time when i was hearing a song uh, shared by one of my schoolmates uh, and uh, there were one or two things you know where they say uh, where you know some very nostalgic songs or uh, are shared and you feel very sad but at, after that sad moment you come out strong so yes i think even in terms of business fortunately for us right now at least it appears we will do well because we are really we really adapted ourselves we have i have really coached my team members on how weddings and celebrations have changed because as you know weddings will continue to happen it's just that the way the content is done will change brands will continue to target to be weds and uh, all my articles i'm very happy that whatever i write at the article not that i write too much but all my posts i'm very happy when a general manager of a hotel messages me to say hey great post this is very useful i share it so we have been the voice of the wedding industry and we will continue to be the voice of the beyond campus is a production of the podium.in powered by career launcher if you like this show then we are sure that you will love our other shows on subjects like entrepreneurship marketing books and drama check out the podium.in for a complete list of all our shows